Hello and welcome back to MediaCast Go, episode number 28. In this episode, Carlos interviews Catherine Kaufman of Fashionably Frank Marketing. They go on conversations about Instagram, social media, more Instagram success, uh, and how to do it successfully. So if you're interested in the Instagram game, that's one area that this podcast may interest you. They also cover a lot of topics about professional millennials, um, how like our generation necessarily isn't uh, slacking necessarily. There's just different kinds of us, and yeah, it's kind of interesting. So, hope you enjoy the podcast, and I'll catch you at the end. definitely become like the priority yeah for sure oh my gosh um 24 uh in two days yes so you can be 25 oh no 24 in two days oh you're gonna be 23 i'm a baby no jeez (laughs) how old are you Uh, i'm 26 okay yeah i thought you were younger like how how um how long you been doing social media for marketing i mean with a business two years but like i mean my whole life like as like just for fun and being a blogger but yeah for like i think it's like so this will be the third year. In December, it's going to be three years. Yeah, you are a blogger. Yeah. Uh, so like. Um, so oh, are we rolling right now? Well, um, hey, friend. <laughs> no, I mean it's it's fine. We'll just start when we start. But okay. uh, so like, you've been blogging for how long? Um, probably. So I started like 2007. So like a while ago, but through different blogs. So the most recent blog that I have, the fashionlyfrank.com, has only been around since 13, 2013. So. Oh, fashion, kind of, fashion, yeah, sorry. Frank. Fashionably, fashionably Frank. Frank. Dot com. How how'd that come about? Yeah, What's I mean, I just love like lifestyle blogging. I think it's a really good therapeutic release, like to share like what you're going through, and have people relate to you. Um, just something about knowing that you're not alone with what you're going through. Um, and I also I loved like DIY, and I loved um, like style and fashion. So. I just loved sharing my passions and my hobbies, I guess. Yeah. So having like a variety of categories. And then I created Soul Food, which is a category just about like my interesting musings that I have had um, and like things that really like speak to me yeah. and like touch my soul and my heart. So I feel like I'm a very mushy person. <laughs> I'm very like <laughs> sentimental. And I feel like that's always been a thing. Not that I think it comes from like an egotistical standpoint, but I don't feel like people really interpret situations the way I do a lot of the time and it has been like a point of like I guess like not struggle but just like a thing that I've dealt with my whole life of like oh they're just not going to see it the same way they don't have like the depth of like sentimentality that I do whereas they're just like yeah I don't know like that's cool it's a coincidence but I'm like no everything happens for a reason it's like a divine purpose and I like have all this like you know philosophy about it I guess so it's like I just wanted to share that in hopes that people like me could relate gosh that got deep but (laughs) anyway it just came about because I just wanted like a place to like share my emotions and then I met Emma Crane who's my co-blogger and she we worked in retail and fashion at Charlotte Russe in the mall here in Olympia um And we bonded over a lot of like horrible management experiences and (laughs) um, we just became friends. She went to the Evergreen State College and so did I. Um, And- What'd you study over there? Psychology. Whoa. So I went in for like- I see that. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Well, cause I'm super anxious. I think I told Uh you earlier, I'm just like, I'm a very anxious person. I've always dealt with severe anxiety. Um, I was adopted as like a six week old baby. So Uh I don't really remember a lot of it, but you know, people say, like, we store trauma or things in, like, our beings. Yeah. And I feel like even though I can't consciously remember it, like, I know it was a really rough household that I was in and just, like, a lot of stuff was happening. Um, And I feel like that kind of contributed to, like, a fear of abandonment or, like, some sort of separation anxiety. Hmm. So I always dealt with, like, bullying growing up because I was weird or different. So I just decided, like, oh, I'll blog. And then... um, I lost my train of thought, but (laughs) I met Emma and we bonded over stuff. Oh yes, Evergreen. And I was studying psychology. I was like, I want to be a counselor. I want to give back to people like youth that deal with anxiety. Um, And then I realized, 
oh, I talk a lot. I probably am not the best counselor. And I'm kind of low-key judgy, so I don't. <laughs> I probably shouldn't be a counselor. Um, and then um, I was like, you know, and it's, I've always felt until recently, like I've had to come to some sort of conclusion about like, well, I'm not doing like helpful work if I'm not becoming a counselor. And I've had to realize like I can help in other ways mm-hmm. and like use the years that I've studied psychology in like a positive way yeah. because social psychology was always like my favorite social and positive psych and that's all about like how humans make decisions so like marketing yeah. so I've tried to like spin it that way and then started getting into like marketing internships towards my last two years in college just so I could like <laughs> just so I could like embrace that side and get as much training as I could yeah um, so yeah, I met Emma and then she started blogging and she's a flight attendant. So she does a lot of travel blogs. Um, so we kind of just share like our unique, I think we're very different. We live our lives very differently, even though we have like similar values. So I think it's cool for people to get like two different takes on life. And that is so insane. So, um, <laughs> what is, okay. So what is marketing anyway? Oh my gosh. Can you define what it is? I mean, marketing, I guess like literally, it's the act of like print or digital communications that like elevate, to me, it elevates a brand and persuades people to do something, to take action. Um, And I'm a big fan of Donald Miller's story branding. So it's a lot about, yeah. yeah, So just a lot about like, um, you're the guide, the customer, client's the hero, Mm -hmm. and you're showing them like what their action will end in um, success or failure. And like showing them that like you're the success, you're the successful option, and what will happen to them if they don't pick you, but in a non-confrontational way, obviously, yeah. subtle ways throughout marketing. Um, I feel like marketing is such a broad, a broad term, and people do it in very different ways. Yeah. Well, I, I've only I only started hearing like the word because to, to me marketing is a bit of a buzzword. I think. Really. I, I mean, yeah. I, I honestly. Yeah. Because I started doing video. Um, like before it was cool yeah and um and i remember a lot of people for a long time doing um you know whatever event videography and stuff but it's not until like 2000 i want to say like 2014 15 yeah when i really started hearing the word marketing a lot huh and uh and like marketing videos and stuff like that i that's when or i like started branding videos that's yeah, what i yeah, that's like the buzzword i yeah uh-huh. and, and and then i started thinking like what is marketing anyway and yeah. i remember one time um so this is a true story and uh i don't know how to feel about it to this day but one time <laughs> i went uh, i was i was doing some freelance work for a marketing company up in everett okay and um they were having this like mixer mm-hmm. in the evening and uh you know so I, I went and stuff and i was just so curious to find out more about the industry and so i um the owner of the the, the firm at the time it's it's no longer there but at the time uh she was very like i don't know how to describe her she was just like almost like an alpha female yeah you know and uh and so i just said hey um can i ask you a question i I don't know what marketing is. <laughs> Can you like what is marketing? Yeah. How do you get someone to choose like product A over product B? Yeah. And she just gave me this look, like someone's stupid. I don't know if she was thought like <laughs> like if I'm stupid or I don't know, but she just looked at me and she said, she said, "You think you're smart. You think Whoa. you ask all the right questions." And she just walked away. That's insane. And I was like, "Oh man, I just wanted to know what marketing is." Oh, and, no. And then ever since then, I just kind of, I was like, okay, well, I guess I'll find out one way or another. Aww. But what I, what I did come away from, uh, what I came away from, from all that was that uh, at the end of the day, they were representing a product or a company mm-hmm. through images and yeah. through some form of storytelling and stuff. And so I still yet have to hear the definition yeah. or someone just straight up tell me this yeah. is what it is. I think everybody defines it differently. I mean, there's different types of marketing, but I would say marketing in general is yeah. just trying to persuade human behavior to choose a product or a service. 
I feel like that's like the definition of marketing. Yeah. But then there's different types of marketing. Um, so I'm a content marketer, which means like giving content of value for free that then translates into loyalty and trust from the audience. So like providing free tips in a blog post, freebie downloadables when you sign up to a newsletter, or you're giving them live videos with like tutorials and like actionable tips. Um, and answering like Q&A, being like very like community focused. Um, and it's a less, to me, a less sleazy way of marketing. Hmm. And it's not about like banner ads and like pop-ups and like click-throughs and what's, you know. I, I'm like not, I'm not a very numbers focused person. I've never been good at math. <laughs> I can calculate analytics. Thank God we have tools that do that for us. But yeah. <laughs> I'm just not interested in measuring of course like revenue is important ROI is important but like measuring the success of creating community around your brand with like how many followers you have or like how successful that one ad was is just like a little too like fine or like a lower level I don't know it's like a very like defined way of measuring it. I'm more like big picture, broad, like how many more people are engaging meaningfully with your brand after the campaign, that sort of thing. I don't care if you have a million followers, if they aren't buying and they aren't engaging. So I guess less on vanity metrics and more on like the, the actual relationships. So, okay, um, how do you, okay, so I, I'm, I'm very um, curious about you yeah, because so I found out about you. Yeah. Um, I think just through mutual friends. Um, How did we find Lori out? Lori DeFore. Oh yeah, and, and you worked with a lot of my girl boss gals. I've created like the Oli Girl Boss Collective. It's yeah. like a networking group, and a lot of them have hired you guys. Yeah. Which is super cool, like and we'll, yeah. t- we'll get to that. Um, but uh, I, I found out about you through mutual friends, and yeah. and I just I remember seeing like, why. Are her p- photos so good? <laughs> like, <laughs> it's like, does she literally have like a full time photographer following her around all the time? Yeah. And, and um, that's the illusion, right? You want? <laughs> well, I, I do yeah. definitely good at pulling it off. And um, but I I admire that. Um, I think that uh, I've always admired people that um, don't spare, you know, anything like for taste. You know what I mean? Like. Um, it's what I think is just very it's very tasteful your work is very yeah. tasteful and um, I think a lot of people sacrifice taste mm-hmm. for what for what they know to be safe or whatever so like mm-hmm. so I'm curious how how do you how first of all how did you develop that taste where do you where do you get that that um, you know uh, I'm, I'm assuming that comes from either influences that you know that you have or or whatever but how did you develop that eye for for the kind of content that you prefer I feel I mean yeah a lot of it's influence and like I feel I feel like there's two different or maybe there's multiple different like popular like sex of like types of photography or branding I feel like there's like definitely like a valley girl like LA look that's like very like skinny body like very like a white body just very like um perfect image high fashion kind of unapproachable and then there's also really like uh, like really approachable people like jenna kutcher she's one of my like big inspirations and she's all about body positivity and like i feel like i'm really big on like social justice issues and like equality so Mm -hmm. being involved in like the lgbtq rights movement and um being latina and like not not having a very yeah half Oh. Not having a very strong like connection with my Mexican father because I was by I was adopted. Oh, I see. So like having like white parents and being raised very white and yeah. not and having white passing privilege and like having straight passing privilege. I'm bisexual and like I'm not. Oh. I'm with a man, so it's like I have all the I have all the privilege in the world. And how do I use privilege to like make this world a better place? So I feel like being involved in like yeah, just like the rights movements and like that's a big thing for me like fighting for like what's right and justice um so i feel like people who are authentic i connect with more wow because i i mean i just i love people who tell their stories and they're like unashamed to tell them like jenna kutcher has had miscarriages um i want to say forgive me if i'm saying the story wrong but i'm pretty sure she's had like problems with getting pregnant and having children and like she shares that with her audience even though it has nothing to do with what she does um and that's really important to 
like connect on a human level and I feel like those are the people that I love so I think it's a lot of like what I'm drawn to and like what I relate to and then also like hand in hand with the content marketing thing of just not being a sleazy like heavy paid ads seller like I want to be like like I've been able to build a successful business on like being authentic and that's what I want for my clients like I want them to be able that to be so successful cool. was there a time in which you're you just didn't know how to do it right and you and and maybe you look back and you're like oh my god what was I doing then what what did when did you start to become good at it well I feel like I mean it's a lot of trial and error too uh-huh. I feel like I was never I mean there was obviously societal pressures to like give into that valley girl like just very fakey magaziney type thing and I think that like there's always those two like competing like forces in anything but I feel like I don't know I just I mean I hired people who were good at photography too so like in terms of like the aesthetic and like the quality of the photos it's just yeah. like outsourcing to people that you know are amazing and will deliver um, and I feel like crafting a team that is like good at what they do yeah. um, and picking like the best videographer the best photographer yeah. that sort of thing and like curating a team and not I'm always happy when clients hire me for like their social media or like their website and they hire other people for different aspects yeah. um, and they pick people because they're the best in their field. So curating a team is always good. Um, I mean, I definitely had years where I was like, what the heck is that graphic? Why did I make that in like Canva? And like, <laughs> I need to like up my Photoshop skills, like that sort of thing. But I feel like also the trends change. So like what was a cute graphic back then might've been cute. Like maybe my followers thought it was cute, but we're both now like, what the heck was that? Yeah. So I don't know if it's that I was bad, which could totally be possible. Yeah. Or if it was that we were just more like, not woke back then <laughs> about the <laughs> tools that we could have. So I don't know if it was just me picking up that from other people or, yeah. I mean, of course I'm not a Photoshop designer. I don't have like all of these crazy talents. I know how to Instagram. Like I'm not, I'm not a photographer and I've dabbled in like photos before. Yeah. And I've, I love the act of taking pictures, but I've always said like to people that I'm not a creative person. And I know that's like not true, but I'm not creative in like, I feel like, which is so cool that you say that, I feel like I don't have like the natural eye for things or like huh. I'm not like a fine arts creative. Like mm. I don't understand like yeah. why something looks good together or right. something like that. But I feel like, I mean, there's some general rules of thumb too, yeah. like in like the social media industry and like watching like Jenna Kutcher and people like Hillary Rushford, like people who do like social media classes and webinars, like just taking what they say is like really helpful. And then it just becomes like ingrained in what you do, That's I guess. That's so insane. So how, how much thought do you put into every post that you, that you make, whether it's for business or personal, like, do you do you curate your stuff like you can't even like if things are not perfect you just won't even like snap that photo or whatever like yeah so I'm like a big so I finally in the past couple months I've created like just a Catherine like low-key account where it's just my like cell phone photos and it's like my avocado toast like it's not anything that's like (laughs) curated there's no point it's like the front of the new house I moved into like and my avocado toast you know some millennial um and I just I'm just like this is it and there's no hashtags on it there's no strategy and it's just like a hundred of my friends following me just because like I love having that outlet because it can get very like particular and just like I guess overwhelming which is why my clients would hire me I suppose um it's just I'm just very I feel like I'm very particular obviously my feed is not the best by any means but I definitely plan it out like a month in advance all of the posts are written 30 days in advance and I like map them out on a nine grid and like make sure they look good for an Instagram feed um make sure like the captions fit and like are linked properly for both Facebook and like Instagram yeah. and then I, I hire a copywriter who's local Jennifer Crane and she's amazing so she writes my content for my blog and my business yeah. uh, most of it some of it I write um, but she'll do about like half of the posting for each of them each month and that has been like 
a godsend. So there's definitely people behind the scenes, like, making it look amazing. It's not just me. Um, but it's just outsourcing. Jeez. It's outsourcing to people that know what they're doing. So is there, like, a particular software that you're using? Because I, I remember seeing yeah. once someone used, there was, like, a particular program that they're used to to map out those yeah. posts. So Planoly is really great Planoly. for Instagram. That's probably Planoly. what you've seen, yeah. Probably, yeah. That's, like, one of the top Instagram tools. And then, of course, I like just regular stuff for, like, Facebook and um, Twitter, like Hootsuite or Buffer, um, stuff like that. It's just scheduling tools. The only issue with Instagram and maybe I haven't figured out the tool very well yet, but I'm pretty sure no one has created a way to post hashtags as your comment through a scheduling tool. And that's a serious issue for me because it matters when the hashtags come up. And it basically like what Instagram does is it takes, so hashtag posts are chronological, uh -huh. the timeline isn't. So hashtag posts do show up. Yeah. You show up in a hashtag based on when you posted the photo. So if you put your hashtags on four hours after the photo was posted, you're four hours down in the feed. So you can't post your hashtags late. So oh. I can't schedule because there's no point in scheduling for any of my clients. Like the 25 clients I have, I manually post for all of them. What? It is a process. So we just hired on our third gal um, for my business and it, yeah. I just needed, I needed more help. Um, because I want to give my clients the best totally. and like a custom experience. And I feel like if they're missing out on engagement and new people from not having the hashtag show up in time, it's not worth it. So I do use Planoly for a few of my um, client accounts just to get it like mapped out pretty. But if you're on a budget, there's always Canva.com and Canva has a nine grid like Canva? Canva. So like basically Canvas without the S. Right. Canva.com is like a free like graphic design tool for people who are like newbies and don't use Photoshop. Um, so. <laughs> which is like a lifesaver <laughs> for me too. I know like, I know a fair amount about Photoshop now, but before I didn't. Yeah. Um, so they have like a nine grid that you can just upload your photos and just like put them into. So I'm curious, um, how did you, how, how do you go about, uh, putting together a team that can rally behind your image because I I, yeah. I think that is a serious feat really because yeah. I think that it requires a lot of first of all it requires a very specific vision I think yeah uh, I you know like right now let's say just hypothetically if I really wanted to mm -hmm. I could say guys we're gonna make me like this <laughs> you know whatever yeah expert you know yeah. And even though I, you know, my, I pay my staff and I love my staff and, and they, they love working here, mm -hmm. they would be like, Carlos, I really don't think that we should do that with your <laughs> image. <laughs> like, you're just not that guy. Yeah. How did you get, how did you do that? I but Why? I feel like I'm not the star. Like, I feel like I don't, maybe I am because people know me uh -huh. as like the Fashion Frank marketing person because I created it. So people just know, oh, that's Catherine. But I yeah. never... Like, that's the other thing, too, is, like, I never, I claim enough to make myself, like, worthy of clients, but I don't ever claim I'm an expert. And I feel like, I guess, and I, like, love Kanye as much as, like, the next person. So okay. I'm, like, down. But I don't, <laughs> I don't, like, I try not to, like, ever, like, be like Kanye around, like, my employees. Like, I just never... I never know if I'm going to win an award that I'm nominated for. I'm not like, oh yeah, guys, we have this. Like, I don't ever think like that way. Yeah. And also, I always made sure like my employees, so to speak, are like subcontractors. So they're all like hired out from their own business, and they have their own like dreams and like aspirations about their businesses. Um, and right now, both of them are moms, and they just like have something that. Um, I guess is not their living and survival. It's just something that like lets them express their creativity. And I feel like, so there's less of like a, oh my gosh, I can't pay the bills. Whereas like my situation, like this is my only, like this is like everything. Yeah. This is my food and like my shelter. And I feel like they acknowledge that and they're just, and they like believe in the vision, like of the authentic like experience and relationships that yeah. they want to help like with my success, but it's also their success. And I always include them as part of the brand. Like yeah. when, like I say us or like my team or like we're, or I say, oh, this is our office. And even they have sometimes like a struggle saying it. They're like, oh, I love your office. I mean, our office. <laughs> and I think it's just like, I want them to be part of like, I want to be, be part of like 
what we're creating. Yeah. And I feel like I always give them credit. Like I never accept like praise for something that's not mine. Mm -hmm. Um, And I just like recently, and it's not a negative thing, but like some people who've hired us for branding projects have like tagged us on social media and been like, oh, I'm so excited to work with Catherine. And I always comment and I'm like, yeah, you know, Kayla's like an amazing branding person and she's a great graphic designer. And I wanna make sure that like Kayla um, and now our new gal are like getting the same like praise and success out of it. And I always say like, yeah, Kayla runs Blushing Bull branding and design. And I always want to make sure like her brand is catapulted also. Yeah. Um, so I feel like maybe that's why they've stuck around <laughs> and cool. why they like care to support me is because I'm not all about the Catherine brand. I don't so, know. So what is it about, because um, you're, you're 24. You're, you're almost 24, 24. You're yeah. Almost 24. Uh, so you're technically a millennial. Yeah. Like the very end, I was almost yeah. Gen X, or Gen Z. Gen Z. Gen Z. Oh my gosh, Whatever. there's so many. So, yeah. Alphabet, not great either. No. <laughs> so what is it about millennials that are really conscious of, I think, uh, the people they're working with? Because I have a yeah. hard time saying that these guys are my employees, even though mm-hmm. they are. Yeah. And uh, I mean, I like prefer to say my staff. Yeah. But, but even then, like. I've had Peter, for example, before say like, you know, I've, I've had a really good time working for you. And I'm like, no, we're, you're working with me. Like, exactly. We're working uh-huh. together. And it makes you cringe. Yeah. It's like, oh, I want them why? to feel like. Why, why is that? Why can't you just be like, damn it, I'm your boss. <laughs> because we're nice. Huh. I feel like millennials are like sick of the BS. Like I think that they're sick of like the office politics uh-huh. and they're sick of like the hierarchy and that I've had. Um, I've had some great management, but a lot of bad management throughout mm-hmm. all of my like my short lived career. Um, and I mean, just like my retail boss was just horrible. Like she would emotionally abuse her employees yeah. and like we went to corporate with it. Like it was a whole thing and they wow. still didn't do anything with, about it. Mm-hmm. They said it was a personality difference, even though all of us had an issue with her yeah. and um, all had different personalities. Yeah. <laughs> and um, they said, I remember distinctly the district manager said, oh, Catherine, you know, you'll have to work with people, hopefully not as bad as her, but you just are going to have to, like, deal with it because that's the way the world works. Yeah. And I feel like millennials don't believe that. Like, I think that, like, they think that's BS and they think that, like, it's time for the workplace to have a change. And I think, like, I think a lot of, like, management, like, tries to assert power as a way of, like, being successful or like keeping their employees in check or whatever and I feel like millennials just don't and I think millennials just like in general like with brands are sick of like being schemed they're sick of like the ads they understand and they catch on to it yeah so I feel like it's similar to like the workplace so like those of us that create businesses which a lot of us do a lot of millennials do because they're sick of having a bad boss or like having a bad situation um and then because likely they've had bad bosses, they can become a good boss. Um, and I, Kayla calls me her boss too. And I'm like, no. And I always say like, what should I call her? Like my team member or like my colleague? Like I don't know how, what to call her. Yeah. And I could just say, you know, oh, that girl that works for me. Like, mm. I, and I just like, I don't know. I just always say she's like a team member. Yeah. Or like I even say like a coworker because I think she's like, She's grown to be, like, just as much of, like, fashion frame marketing well, as you, I am. Do you think, like, in the long term, do you think that you or, or like, us, do you yeah. think millennials will ever change? Because I, I think that one thing I'm just, like, speaking from one, one employer to another, sometimes yeah. I'm just, like, I can understand why some things are the way they are in, the, in a corporate environment, like, in, in the, the old school way. I don't, I obviously do think that um, people are different. We communicate mm-hmm. differently now. Like, uh, I think a lot of the, the politics of, of the of the corporate environment, I think that they're, that they're a product of a certain time and place. Yeah. Uh, I definitely think that technology and like uh, the, the way that we've become more transparent as a, yeah. as a, um, as a society, I think has something to do with the way that we just want to be treated more fairly and equally because like, you know, you see your you see your boss on like or your your uh, your whatever CEO on Facebook, and he's like yeah. a total you know 
Yeah. Uh, maybe he's like super cool on Facebook, but not at work or, or uh-huh. whatever, vice versa. You know, I think that that has something to do with it. But I don't know. Like, I wonder if sometimes I just wonder if people are right. Like if millennials are doomed to fail or if we're like or or if we are, I don't know, maybe we are that breath of fresh air that the I think we're the best. I think it's a Kanye. We're the best. I I honestly do. And I think like we get a really bad rap about being lazy and like not driven. Um, I almost like didn't graduate high school because a teacher like almost didn't grade my papers on time. Um, And I like had to go to the principal and like lay down the law. And like that I feel like if we were lazy we wouldn't do things like that. And we wouldn't like go on to like not necessarily the college is the right path for everyone, but like we wouldn't go on to college. We wouldn't seek out degrees. And like it's the scariest thing ever. And I know like we know this well, but and I'm sure people listening as well know this as business owners, but people who aren't don't know like how terrifying it is to launch a business and not know if yeah. like it's going to succeed. Um, and that's like not something to me that a a lazy person would do like we have to do all of our bookkeeping our accounting our hr our marketing like everything and that's not an easy choice it's not an easy way out so i feel like i don't know i just think millennials like get a bad rap and i that's why i say like i identify my business as a millennial driven like marketing agency and it's in all of our marketing because i don't want people to like i don't want people to think less of me because i'm a millennial and i want to like do what i can to change like how millennials are perceived. Yeah. And also it just means like hip, like we stay up with the trends. Like it's, it's, we are like the ones that are the most in touch. And I feel like, like no shade, but like (laughs) when I see like older people doing it, their websites are outdated. Like their content is outdated. They don't use videographers. They don't use professional photographers. And like, they're still like time after time, like winning the awards and like having like the higher rankings of, like what it is to be like a good marketer even like especially in our smaller communities here it's just unheard of yeah that we do what we do and i feel like it'll just take time and like we have to create a momentum of like this is the new standard yeah. and kind of bring everyone up to like yeah guys like look at instagram like all these people like jenna kutcher and all these people are doing it that's like what it's where it's at and that's what's creating these individual people to yeah. have like empires like huh. It's just that's how it works. And, like, even the big people, like Marie Forleo and, like, um, Gary V, like, Gary Vaynerchuk, they, that's just, like, they had to be, like, think outside of the box, and they had to be, like, kind of, I guess, controversial and, like, stir stuff up um, to make an impact. I don't know. Jeez. Well, so what is your vision for your business in, the, like, the next five years? Because we, we talked briefly, very, very briefly yeah. about Olympia. Not really, but we kind of did mm-hmm. it a little bit. Um, yeah. And you said something very true that, you know, Olympia needs some livening up. Um, yeah. So, uh, you know, I think you could do this anywhere. Tacoma, yep. Seattle, you know, Portland. I think it's definitely more like competitive if you go to like sure. a bigger city. Yeah. Um, and I feel like I think obviously that I think that has something to do with like the amount of client flow that I've got is that we're in a smaller city and like it's literally only us doing it. I think that d- definitely does help. Um, and I think that there would be more competition. And also I feel like bigger cities are more prone to having those sleazy marketers. Yeah. So I feel like huh. people, and I think the older audience is not educated that like that's the old way and you don't need like banner ads and like click throughs to be successful. And I feel like there, and also I think it's the culture of Olympia. Like I love Olympia and we're definitely like very innovative and I feel like they're open, like business owners here are open to hearing yeah. different ways yeah, I've noticed of that. like going about things. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I love this town and I always thought, oh, someday I'll move away. Um, and I was actually looking at Austin, Texas for a while because my boyfriend is really interested in rooster teeth and he's obsessed with like what they're doing. Oh, yeah? So I feel like that was kind of always like our dream of like, oh, that's the hub of everything and like Bernie's over there and everything. Yeah. But um, it's like that heat would just, I would die. And I'm realizing like how beautiful like the greenery is here and like what we have um, and like the community, it has changed so much. Um, I've lived here my whole life. And it has changed so much in the past, like, I would say five years. Um, The political, like, culture has changed. Everything has changed. And there's definitely, like, negatives and positives to everything. Um, And I've definitely, I would say, 
my clients help me stay connected to like the city um, when many other things have kind of like um, not driven me away but definitely there's like some differences that I'm not 100% a fan of so I really like that my clients are you know keeping me around and I feel like I'm really passionate about making this community like amazing and it already is like full of people doing amazing things Um, and I think just highlighting that more having more people that want to own businesses and want to be entrepreneurial yeah um we'll see like a positive shift and i think olympia is like one of the fast growing cities yeah so it's kind of crazy how it i think it will become a hub if it isn't already for like new change so i do want to live here that's like my goal and i want to buy a house here which i didn't think five years ago in college that i would feel that way um but i love it here so i feel like my goal i don't ever say like oh, I want to build an empire or, like, do any of this stuff. I feel like my business happened so fast, yeah. and I didn't expect it to mm. have as much success. Um, I didn't think that two and a half years in, I would need to hire a third person. Wow. And, like, I, I just didn't know. Like, I had, like, three client consults, like, last week. It's just crazy how, like, it happened so fast. For sure. And I'm sure you've, yeah, experienced it too. But it's needed here. I also feel like we're needed. And, like, I guess it would be a disservice, like, if we were to move away because people need us here. What are you going to do when you meet, you know, that person that is like, oh, dang, they, you know, they kind of got it going on too. What are you going to do when you run into some competition? What do you consider to be some serious competition? And also along that vein, like, what makes a sleazy marketer? I'm curious about that too. Uh-huh. Um, I definitely have run into competition before. I think it ebbs and flows. Like they, I've never met a marketer who has stayed here for long enough to like there to be like a long, like a foreseeable future, like competition. Um, I've definitely run into it before. And I feel like the, I guess the best way, like even though I talk about competition, I think for like the, the Oli Girl Boss Collective that I've created, like our mantra comes from Natalie Frank who founded the Rising Tide Society, mm-hmm. which is the hashtag community over competition. Mm-hmm. And I think I do, I believe I have given 100% in trying to make relationships with competitors and like being open to collaborating and working on projects together. Um, I currently don't know of any big like social media agency here, um, but I definitely know of other web designers who do similar things, other people who use Squarespace to design websites, and I'm good friends with them. And like working, like knowing that the client will pick whoever is the best fit for them. Yeah. And I think that's, it's hard, like when you're like, oh, but I wanted that, or I want to work with them. <laughs> it's like just knowing that, like, they'll figure it out if it doesn't work for them, and like they'll find you later. But you don't need to be fighting competition over things. I would say, if a Jenna Kutcher come, came to town, that would be my competition. Like if somebody who had a very similar, like, belief system to me, mm-hmm. and that's also like in a sense. I've had competition, but I haven't really, because there's nobody who's come in with like a similar value set and like a similar way of doing it. I think we all have different ways of doing marketing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that it's just, and it totally, like my way of marketing does not work for every business. Right. Um, and so that's also been like a learning process for me, but I don't know. So, I feel like, but yeah. So what, what, makes, what makes a sleazy marketer? Just people that like aren't, connected to like relationships people that don't and it, I mean it could be that they're not open to working with competition mm-hmm. they're like very like about themselves they're in it for themselves and they're very like I don't know they place a lot of ads they do a lot of like ad words they don't focus on the engaging social media posts to ask questions that encourage like response it's more like how can we sell this one thing and chase the dollar as fast as we can yeah um and it's just more about the profit that they're that they're you know creating and that's coming in more so than how do we create relationships with customers that have loyalty around Mm -hmm. our brand name and our products and services that then will keep them like lifelong customers okay and i think that's yeah, I think that clarifies a bit. Just that they're very not, they don't see their customers or clients as people. And it's more um, of like the dollar amount. Yeah. They see them like as a dollar instead of totally. like people who have needs and they can solve their problems and like really connect with them and like really care too. I think it's the brands that like don't listen to the feedback when it's negative. Yeah. Um, and like don't change 
when their customers or clients are telling them they should. And I think that ultimately, like, I mean, we've seen it, like, with big corporations, like, leads to their demise. And it's, like, just really important to, like, keep the lines of communication open. Because ultimately, like, you're serving your clients and customers. Like, even though it's making you a living, like, you're not serving yourself. And you're mm -hmm. not in it to serve yourself. Wow. So. So, so uh, let's, let's talk a little bit about... Um, the, the vision like I want to keep talking about the vision for the future for you, yeah. from you um, so I Instagram um, so that's kind of like your domain right it's just my favorite platform What's your favorite like platform? I do everything and I do like I am really big on like holistic marketing so okay. I offer like um, Squarespace websites I uh -huh. always refer out to people like if they have a high level e-commerce and I'm like you need Shopify and you need like a custom like website by a really good developer um, I have like my resources there that I would refer out to but typically my clients are like lower level they're not usually online e-commerce I'm really about like working with like heart-centered like female creatives so people who are smaller businesses coaches people yeah. who are like individuals so I do Squarespace websites I help them like optimize their blog posts their email newsletters and their social media and cool. then I work with the photographers and videographers to create cool. like a whole package okay so I guess that's my process a bit more do you do you see Instagram um, changing or being replaced by anything anytime soon like that uh, Instagram is one place where I really lo I love it. Yeah, I have respect for it, but I'm just like I don't know. I, I don't know if I can figure this out. Wait, so it's a love hate relationship, that's for sure. Um, I have a really big problem with the fact that none of the social media platforms have customer service. That's very positive. Mm. Um, I have a really hard time like reaching Facebook for anything, and of course they own Instagram. Um, I think Twitter is probably the best for like customer support. It's just difficult when like there's no easy reach when like they have tons of money like they could set up support centers um and even like squarespace doesn't do like a call center they just have like email and live chat support yeah even if it was just something like that if they couldn't because i hate calling on the phone if they couldn't like do a call center even just something that was like more helpful um because i also think while it's so important like to hire someone like me, not everyone can. Yeah. And I think having like the resources for small business owners that can't afford it to be able to like reach Facebook. Um, and they have a great like ad expert program where they can help you, but other than that, general use is not like supported or like errors. If like something happened and someone hacked your account, like it doesn't always work out huh. from what I've heard um, and just from my experience trying to contact them, it's very hard. So I feel like if they could improve like customer service, that would be awesome. Um, I think, what was it that went around that like everyone, especially photographers, were like freaking out about? It was like um, an Instagram, like a secondary platform that was supposed to mimic Instagram. Huh. It's like died out already, I don't even know what it was called. Yeah. But <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't know it. Yeah, it was like something and they were like, oh, it's gonna like change Instagram because it's gonna be chronological and it's going to be like organic and it's gonna bring back the old Instagram that everyone like missed. And it, to me, like I haven't heard anything of it. There was also some sort of like weird, like ethical thing with the guy that made it or something. So I think he got like bad publicity anyway. Huh. But it was like, they were really interested in like seeing if it would like become something. And I just think there's so much power behind Facebook and Instagram. Like, I don't think they're going away anytime soon. Wow. Um, okay. But then again, like, we saw, like, the, you know, rise and fall of MySpace. And I was a MySpace user. Oh, really? Um, yeah. Like, wow. OG, I learned, like, HTML that way by, no. like, making my profile, like, cute serious? and, like, pink. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I always say, like, now, like, um, Gen Z or whatever, they don't have, like, they, they're not going to have to learn that because everything yeah. is, like, there. It's, yeah. like, handed for them. It's a pre-made template. They'll never um, know Tom. Yeah, it's the only way I learned HTML. Um, you know, you know yeah. the, uh, Tom, the, the yeah. MySpace guy? They don't, like, they don't even get the meme. They don't I even know. know who Tom is. Yeah. It's, but he's, like, so living <laughs> the life right now. Yeah. Oh my God. So I don't know. I feel like Can't it feel bad could, like you never know. Maybe Instagram will go out. I feel like there is a lot of complaints about Instagram, yeah. just about like the algorithm. And I mean, so is Facebook, but I feel like it's almost like we expect it from Facebook. Um, but Instagram was like our safe space. And I feel like people like are very upset that it's not easy for smaller brands to grow. And yeah. I feel like it's also just like knowing how to work the algorithm too because I feel like it's not like a hard and fast rule. 
that like they're going to have trouble growing. Yeah. I feel like it's just how you use it um, and how if you're getting an engaged community, then they will see your stuff. So it's kind of like just cracking the algorithm and knowing how to work with it. I personally have not been mad at Facebook or Instagram the way that some people have. Yeah. Um, and like the whole like Zuck thing and the whole Mark Zuckerberg, I personally like it doesn't to me, I guess I'm so immersed in technology and I'm so like I'm just an open book and I blog about everything in my life that I don't to me it's not like as much of a big deal as it was to other people um I think it's really important to like be very like morally good and to not have secrets from people obviously and be authentic but I feel like I'm just so used to like the gathering of data or like information because as a marketer I need it to like do my job so I guess to me it's like yeah, I signed up for it, and, like, I am releasing, like, that to them, um, and I guess it's, like, a very hot-button issue, but I feel like a lot of people have, like, I have mixed feelings about it, and I feel like a lot of people have mixed feelings, and if things keep happening like this, it might, I don't know, might trigger an uproar, something might happen, um, but I don't know, you never know, like, maybe Instagram will leave someday, Maybe Facebook will, but I feel like they're very strong platforms. Yeah. I would honestly think, if anything, like Twitter would go away first. I honestly just, I don't know, but it's very strong. It also has a very strong following. Yeah. I don't know. Or YouTube. I mean, that's a problem with the, you know, like the pay, payment for creators is different. Oh, yeah. And um, the type, I mean, that to me is the most problematic, the type of content that they've put on like featured pages and just the whole like Logan and Jake Paul thing and like all these different things that are just like really not chill. Um, And I have been like a YouTube (laughs) user since like 06. So like to me, it's just, I don't know. It's so different. I was just thinking about that as I was watching a Jenna Marbles video the other day and she bought like this huge mansion house and I was like wow and she did that because she like became famous like back then like nobody now could like yeah make a living unless they're like Logan or Jake Ball yeah and then they have like sponsorships from other places so I feel like I don't know it's just things shift and change like all the time but I feel like I don't, I just, there's tons of YouTubers that I love. And even though it has changed, like, I still love it. And I'm still, like, loyal to the platform. And I feel like most people are not that opinionated and will stay loyal to platforms. But do you, do you aspire to have, like, a big, big following like that? Do you aspire to be, like, famous? No. No? I just, I mean, it would be cool to be Jenna Kutcher. It would be cool to, like, have that life. But it's a lot of pressure, too. I don't know. Well, it seems like, it seems like you can't, I don't know. I, I, I wrestle with that because uh, I actually, I really, really value my privacy. Yeah. Like I, I am all about my yeah. private life. And um, even though I, we produce vlogs and stuff, mm-hmm. I personally don't, I, yeah. I, it takes something out of me to like do it. Yeah. But at the same time, I feel like if you want to be like the best marketer, or if you want to have like the best, you know, whatever, what better way than to be prolific yourself? You have to be out there. So like, yeah. At, at what point do you go? Like, this is I don't. This is the height of my fame and success and like influence. I think when it becomes something like, I don't remember who it was, Jake Paul, Logan Paul, and the Post Malone thing. Like when they went to his house, like they oh. had ordered what was it? They had ordered a shirt or something. What happened? I can't remember what happened. Oh, Post Malone ordered a shirt for some podcast he was going to be on, and his address was in, like, the order, and they took the address and went to his house and, like, filmed, like, his house. And, like, that to me, like, or Jenna Marbles and, like, Julian talk about all the time, like, that when it becomes, like, they are putting you at risk, and I I don't think I'll ever become that famous, but, like, that sort of thing. Like, when it's just, like so inappropriate <laughs> yeah I feel like um when it crosses boundaries or like like I still cause I don't have children and I know you have a child like that becomes it changes your mindset for sure um and I feel like will I want Instagram pictures of them or like how am I going to deal with that I'm not married yet like I don't know and I also I don't post a lot about my partner my boyfriend so I don't know and it's like he's more shy it's just not really his thing he's not really interested in like the limelight so I think I'm also just like very 
protective of like what I post. Um, I think if it became like that situation, like then I would need privacy. Like I'm not down with that if you like show up to my house. So I'm always like very intentional not to show like my house or like anything about myself um, on social media, um, on my stuff. It's all just business. And then like the blog is personal, but it's not too personal to where it's like creepy. Um, So I feel like I still do have boundaries, but I guess... I don't, I try not to like live in fear, but I know it's very real. Like that could happen. Yeah. Um, well, you know, I, I think a lot of, a, a lot of people, a lot of young people, um, they just, they're kind of growing up with that like expectation that they want to be famous. Yeah. We, uh, Logan and Jake Paul. <laughs> well, they, um, like it's almost like they see it as a requirement. Uh huh. You know, and, uh, I, I see some obvious problems with that. Yeah. But, um, how do you feel about the next generation? Because, like, to me, when I look at you, when I talk to you, um, I'm like, oh, dang, this is a millennial. You know, like, I am talking to a millennial right yeah. now. And that's a good thing. That's yeah. awesome. That's exciting to me. But then I'm like, what do you think is, like, what do you think about the next generation? And yeah. what, what about them seems and crazy And I feel like they you. all, like, you know, all the past generations judge the next one, I guess. So I feel like maybe, like, and, of course, I don't have friends that are in that generation. I mean, I do, technically, because I was, like, the end of the millennial cutoff. But, I mean, not anyone who's, like, 12 right now that I really know of. <laughs> I don't have any family members that are, like, younger, like yeah. that. They're either, like, one or they're, like, 40. So I don't really have, like, that experience of being around them. Mm-hmm. Um Especially, like, being in a middle school and seeing, like, how drugs are there now. Like, and it was never a thing for me. And, like, how kids have sex so young. Like, that sort of thing. Like, I'm not around that. I just hear the stats or, like, hear the stories. And I also feel like, oh, we could get into it. But just, like, the gun violence issue and, like, everything that's happening. I feel like they're a lot more vulnerable. Especially because they're tapped into, like, Instagram and Twitter. And I think that's, like, Mm. positive in some ways. Because if, like, a disaster traumatic event happens they can like let people know but at the same time like they're very like that's how like the cyberbullying and everything starts to create like people bringing guns to school and attacking people you know what i mean like it's hard how do you like say too what's the age that they can be on social media i don't know i read an article that they're probably like I think it was like 73 or something like that 70 or like 90 percent of Gen Z um now wants to be an entrepreneur and wants to have like their own business so I feel like that is really promising like Hmm. that they're continuing like the millennials are passing the torch and they're continuing to become more entrepreneurial um I think that it's just it's hard when like Logan Paul is like famous, I don't know. I feel like I'm hating on the Paulers. Um, <laughs> don't come for me. Um, but I feel like I don't know. It's hard when like that's what you aspire to. Yeah. And then of course like the Catch Me Outside girl and like Whoa Vicky or whatever her name right, is like yeah. that sort of thing is I don't know. It's hard. It's hard also. I mean they're definitely older, but like younger people. And I, like, don't even want to name her name, but there's, like, somebody else who's younger who's, like, nine. And I feel like it's scary when, like, their parents are, like, okay with that. I don't know. Yeah. So it's scary. It's, like, I don't know. Man. I don't know. It's so hard. And I'm sure it even, like, freaks you out more as a parent. It's just, like, I don't know. I hope that they're entrepreneurial and I hope that they are as safe on the internet as we are. But I don't know. I just don't know enough about them. Like, their common traits yet because they're still so young. Yeah. Um, but I feel like they will be entrepreneurial. They will have the same drive. Yeah, I, I feel like um, every, I feel like every generation figures it out. I yeah, mean, we're certainly figuring it out. Exactly. And uh, and I think that you know, you're always gonna. Here's the one thing I do know for sure: you're always gonna have a portion that excels and a portion that does not. Yeah. That's kind of where yeah, ultimately sure. it's just and like every they'll figure it out. So um, let, let's talk about uh, the. Uh, Girl Boss. Yeah, Oli Girl Boss Collective. Oli Girl Boss Collective, because that's, yeah. pre- that's pretty cool. It's cray. So how did that come about? What is it? Um, so it's basically a support networking group. So we're not um, built the same way some, like, national big networking groups are, where it's, like, only one person from one profession can come, mm-hmm. or, um, you know, it's, like, a very, like, sleazy in a way about the next dollar. 
and not so much like about how we can support people and like community over competition, not like butting heads with our competitors, but more so working with them. So I feel like it was just, it was based around the Rising Tide Society concept, at least for me. Um, it was something that my co-founder, um, Olivia salazar Debro, she had come up with, with her friend Leslie, um, who's also amazing. They're both amazing gals. And they had kind of talked about it before. And they were like, oh, how cool would it be like if in Olympia, Washington, we could come up with like some networking group that was just like female business owners yeah. where they have like a safe space to like be themselves and like be supported. Um, and then I met Olivia on Instagram. We had just see Instagram's great for many things. Um, <laughs> we had just met on Instagram and she runs um, Olibella, which is like an all natural lip butter um, creator here in Olympia. So it's uh, just like a family run business and a Latina owned business. And it's super cool. And I was like, oh my gosh, I love this girl. But I never met her. And then we showed up um, at like a random accounting class like outside of Olympia and it was like the only person that I knew and I was like oh my gosh I think that's Olivia like I think that's Olibella and I went up to her and I was like I think I follow you on Instagram and she was like oh my gosh I totally follow you like I love you and then we added each other on Facebook like it was yeah. a girl moment um and <laughs> then um we literally talked for like four hours on Facebook Messenger just like back and forth that night and she was like, my friend Leslie and I have come up with this idea and like, how cool would it be? Like, it was so fun meeting you tonight. If only we could like do this, like all of the girl business owners here. And we didn't realize like how many there were. And we thought, oh, like maybe 15 girls will want to like get together. And like, maybe we'll just have like, you know, a mimosa like Sunday or something like <laughs> once a month. No. <laughs> and I posted this Instagram graphic and I was like I was like I'm, it's gonna happen like I'll do it right now if you want me to like I'm ready and she was like oh okay and I posted it that night and I think we got like 35 women to our first meeting and what? now we have like 150 oh my so God. it's just like insane yeah. and we did not realize that Whoa. that many people were like needing that yeah. like support in Olympia Goodness so I gracious. feel like that's kind of what it is. We just kind of talk and like support each other. And of course, like we refer out to each other and we collaborate with each other and like give each other business. But I feel like at the same time, that's not like the main focus of like making revenue. It's just to have connections and to have like a safe space to like be yourself and like everything in the meeting is confidential. It's kind of like a support group, but like a non-formal way and we go to different venues like every month and we eat and we drink and we hang out and it's just very like it's very chill like you get the time to like promo your business and talk about like what you're doing and then at the same time you're like you're just there to like ask questions like oh taxes are coming up I have this question about this it's more of like That's just awesome. more of like a hangout group so I don't know for me it was definitely my belief of like what I want it to be is the same as Olivia we just came to it in different ways for me it was always Natalie Frank and like the Rising Tide Society and just the whole quote like a rising tide um what was it Raises lifts all ships, ships. Yeah. yeah something like that um so something like that just like the fact that yeah like we can all get along and come up with great projects um and That's we don't cool. have to have every client to ourselves and all that stuff so it's pretty rad yeah. I don't know how it happened. Again, like my business, I don't know how it happened. I, it just happened. It was a whirlwind. That is crazy. But it's great. So um, so this is just for business owners, like just female business owners? Yes. Yeah. So okay. it's definitely, it's people who have like a Washington State business license um, uh -huh. and who, I mean, live in the general Olympia area. Um, some gals like travel from Tacoma, um, other areas definitely are welcome to within Washington State. Um, it's just, of course, we wouldn't expect that. And all of the meetings are hosted, like in the general Tumwater Olympia area. And it's definitely, and basically we just say like, if you identify as a female in any way and you have a business license, then oh. you can come. So obviously open to like gender non-conforming or trans women. And like really, we want to be like a safe space for everybody. I, I admire that. That's I, pretty uh, rad. That's, um, that's pretty cool. I mean, I, again, like it comes back to that, you know, if you were, if you were the, stereotypical millennial and you wouldn't be doing what you're doing yeah so so congratulations for for having that drive and the the uh, the vision to really bring it all together yeah. and stuff like that's just it's it's, it's remarkable and i need my you know olivia she's like my gen y she needs to help me but <laughs> uh. but still i think it's good also the mix of generations the fact that it's not two millennial founders yeah. or two like gen y founders i think it's really cool that 
it's one of each so we get like both and we have like all age ranges like 14 to like 75 so I think it's important that that's that's how it is and it's not just a bunch of millennial girls getting together yeah I think it's cool to have the variety and uh and then my last question to you is uh how how Hispanic are you how Latina are you have you sought that out at all have you sought out your roots Uh, I feel I'm like an embarrassing Mexican. I don't know Spanish. Like things like that. I just wish that I was like better at. And I, <laughs> I hate spicy food. But what? then I asked my Mexican relatives and they were like, yeah, we don't either. And I was like, what? oh, good. So it's not that I'm just like too white. No I was way. like, so, they're like, no, that's like your crazy. Mexican uncles don't either. Um, I can't have anything that's not spicy. I mean, like spite, but not hot. No. Like, I, that you like hot, yeah. yeah <laughs> I'm like, you know, tapatio or something. No, no, like, habanero. No thanks. Um, <laughs> so I'm just, I'm not like, I'm, I mean, I'm very white. I know that I'm just like a very white girl. And my parents here, my adopted parents are white. Um, and so, I mean, my dad, he doesn't really know what he is, but he's probably German. Um, and my mom is like Russian and a Scottish. So it's definitely like, I mean, yeah. white upbringing and they're very liberal and obviously like they lived in Olympia so I mean it's a very long story but um, basically like my mom was younger she was 13 when she had me um, and uh, my dad was a little older and uh, they just had this romance they were engaged and like it was on purpose and I was supposed to like stay and it wasn't an accident they didn't have like a traumatic home life and then my mom reconnected with her biological father, who was a drunk and a heroin addict, and she was 14 when I was born, and she was, like, very hopeful, Um, and I think, like, who can blame her at 14, like, wanting, like, your deadbeat dad to, like, be nice again, so she went up to Shelton to, like, discover um, where he was, and, like, he was acting really nice, and he was like, oh, like, come up, like, I want to see your baby, like, I want to meet you. Um, and he was super racist and he was like not down with the Whoa. fact that, yeah, surprised. I mean, like not really, but I guess, <laughs> um, and he orchestrated the entire adoption and like picked the families and wanted good white families for me to go to. So I would never know and said, you know, words I'm not going to repeat, but yeah, he was not a fan. Um, and of course like threatened to kill my dad if he didn't go along with it and like he had killed people before so like it was a thing <laughs> crazy white dude and it's just crazy like he's ju- he was just insane so it was crazy to see like how that happened um, but the jokes on him because I ended up in Olympia and I'm like queer and I'm like totally aware that I'm Latina and my parents always embraced that and made sure that like I got like some Spanish tutoring as a kid and I went to a school where like Spanish was the other language so it was just like they always made sure that I knew about it but my dream someday would be to master Spanish and like go to Mexico and like go to where I was from um I don't know and I want to do the ancestry DNA too, because I want to know like exactly yeah, you like, where I'm from. Yeah. Down. So I mean, I'm definitely. I feel like there's a, like a like a soul connection, or like a spiritual connection, but I'm not like stereotypically like Mexican or Latina. Yeah. But I always say that I'm Latina, and that that's like a big part of like who I am. And people don't believe me because obviously I'm white passing, and I say like, <laughs> yeah, you know, like. Obama is like as black as I am like Latino like I don't know what you're like I don't know and they're like what it's just like yeah because like and he was raised by a white mother like it, yeah. it's just like we're not I guess what we always appear to be and like our culture is different from totally. like our skin color or like our physical attributes whatever that means and like how they're linked to stuff and people don't know like I loved critical race theory like in college and that was a big thing that I that? it's like basically a different way oh gosh now you put me on the spot it's a different way of like examining race and like I think it's founded on like I could be completely wrong what I learned in the class about critical race theory was that um it's founded on the idea that like race is a social construct just like gender is and all this stuff and that um when you study it like biologically and like through DNA and everything um the DNA of somebody I feel like in like I don't know where it is someone who's super white and like has white traits, whatever that is, is has more similar DNA to someone in Africa who is dark skinned than two people from Africa or two people who are white in the same area. So it's just showing that like, it's completely just a pigment in the skin and it's not, like there's no attributes that look more 
like Latino or whatever. Huh. And it's hard because we're so like hardwired to believe that like that's how it is. And we define like our identity, which I think is important around yeah. it. But still it's like that's what the world and society has told us we are but we're all human and we all, you know, obviously that sort of thing. So I'm, you know, all that liberal arts education. I love like just looking at race a different way and just knowing that like, and I think a lot of people get upset when I claim that I'm Latina and I never say I have Latina culture. And that's something that like is really important. Like I right, don't have I Mexican culture, yeah. um, but I'm Latina. And that's something that like I'm really proud of um, because I was like the first in my birth family to go to college and like complete a degree. Like, stuff like that. Oh, I see. Just, like, knowing that, like, there was a different life for one of us. And now one of my uncles that I still stay in touch with is going to school and, like, is getting a degree. Oh, that's And great. all this stuff. And so I'm connected to them. It was an open adoption. Right. But, yeah, it's just difficult. It was a crazy story. That, but that is insane. That took a left turn. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Real quick. Um, <laughs> and I didn't know that until I was, like, 16. I didn't know, like, the whole story. My adopted parents didn't even know that he, like, forced her into the adoption, all this stuff. Um, Yeah, it was interesting. Man. It's just, like, it's crazy to find that out, like, later. Like, I always knew I was Latina, like, since I was, like, five or however, you know, young I was. But I never knew that that my grandfather was racist. It's just crazy. But... I don't know how we're supposed to end on that note. Yeah, but, just but, insane. But, <laughs> but you know. <laughs> but I, I will say this: I think that you, you know, like like I said, um, you're doing a great job, and, it, and uh, you definitely are setting the, you're, you're you're raising the bar, you're setting the standard. I think for good, um, functional and effective social media marketing. Aw, thank in you. Area. And you, along with some other great people, I mean. Yeah. Um, I I just uh, to me it's great to have. Uh, yeah. people here that know what they're doing yeah and that are helping Olympia like we're put or helping to put Olympia on the map little by little exactly you know? and and so team and effort yeah so <laughs> it's just it's so great to have you thank you so much for taking thank the you time. so much for having it me. means the world it's so fun thank you so much for listening to this episode of the podcast if you're interested in anything Catherine talked about and you'd like to talk with her, she's on Instagram at fashionablyfrankmarketing, or you can contact her via email uh, at Catherine at fashionablyfrankmarketing.com. Um, she's got a lot of great stuff on her Instagram, so if you want to look at some tips and tricks, just even watch what she does. Like, there's some good stuff on there, and uh, there's some great things to just pull from and get inspiration from. Uh, again, I'd love to. Th- I'd like to thank you guys for listening to this podcast. It keeps us going, and uh, look forward to seeing you next week. Bye.